You are listening to The Three Intuitive Healers with Heather Nicholson, Angela Johnson, and Stephanie Gonzalez. Produced by The Three Intuitive Healers Show. Visit the3intuitivehealers.com for articles and podcast shows discussing our personal insights and sharing our experiences with you. It is our belief that every human is an intuitive and every human has the capacity to heal. We'll take you along with us on a journey of self-growth and healing so you too can open your mind, heart, and life to the healing magic within. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. I am your host, Heather Nicholson. Angela Johnson. I'm Stephanie Gonzalez. This episode, we are excited to have Ambujan back, and now with the addition of her husband, Michael, who is an equally talented healer. Both of these healers have been in the business for quite a while. They're very experienced, and they now have a new show called Living Your Awakening, so I want to hand it over to Ambijam and Michael Fast to give a quick um, blurb about your show so that our healers can learn about it. Hey, you guys. Hi. Hello. Hi. So Hi. we started our, our new live video show that happens every other Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, and it's called Living Your Awakening. And it is self-empowered conversations and tools to follow your heart, live your truth, and embody your awakening. And it's a show where we pick endless topics on just the path, spirituality, inner healing, um, discernment. How do you how do you live your awakening? How do you walk through this crazy, wild, unpredictable? moment to moment life. And so each each uh, time that we do the show, we feel into the topic of what we want to discuss. And we talk about the topic for about a half an hour. And then we take people's live calls on Zoom so we can interact and hear from you guys. And it's really good. I, I just feel like we have so much unique perspective to share of how to heal yourself and how to really discern just what is going on. Because we you know normally healing in our minds we approach it pretty simply in a way like oh i have this feeling or oh i have a thought or oh it must be this and it's like well actually it might be way more you know than what you're what what you kind of naturally think is going on and when we can give you tools to really start approaching and looking at what's happening for you and really break it down it really helps with um getting through things on a really deep level and um, having a whole different tool set of empowering yourself. So that's what I want to say. What you got? Well, I just echo what you're saying. I mean, it's a great way. It's a lot of the a lot of what we talk about. It's breaking down people's intuition so that they're getting really clear about the layers of their intuition, so they can learn more about that and just be more finely tuned as to to what information they're actually gathering. And I love on the show that you bring your man logic because, yeah. you know, all us women always bring in like, what are we feeling? What is this? Oh, I got a touch over here. Like, what is that? Like, no, bring a little bit of logic into that and break it down. And I love that because not a it's, lot of us do that. Yeah. And it's like what I love about working with Michael and like, having him be because I've been out in the world for a long time for 27 years now and he's been healing behind the scenes we could say and having him out in the world sharing his perspective and how he breaks things down and bringing that 
we could say the man logic or the perspective of kind of categorizing feelings in a very specific way, mm -hmm. like past feel, is this a past feeling? Is this a present feeling? Is this a future feeling? Is this a childhood feeling? Because we tend to lump everything all together and his perspective of approach helps women I could say also, you know, helps mm -hmm. women be like, oh, I have this whole other tool set that I know is like, once you start using it, you're like, oh yeah, duh, it's been here the whole time. But we so tend to like, just gravitate towards feeling into stuff in a certain way. And so with Michael has both, he has that intuition of feeling into stuff, but he also has this whole other really unique way of categorizing, putting things in cubby holes and stuff. And so, yeah, it's really Well, I cool. think that's what I would say is, is for the men listening, this isn't that you that you don't get to feel because you still have to feel. That's a really critical part of this. That's 50% of the equation is to feel. But then the part that tends to get lost in spirituality is it tends to be feminine. That's not a bad thing. It, it's flow. But how I see it is it's that yin-yang. It's a balance between the masculine and the feminine where you can use your logic, I call it man logic, to uh, provide structure to then feel. Can you give us an example of how you might do that? So how do you how do you provide structure to then feel? Well, I do that. To, I mean, I just I guess generally speaking, how I do that is I will. Well, life presents situations where you have a, you have strong feelings. Okay, so we'll start there. So you have a feeling, or you have an intuition. The logic comes into is where you can start asking questions you know, what is this specifically? And then you can start asking specific questions. Is this present? Is this something that's happening from a past life? Is this something that's just in my mind? Is this something that's in my heart? Is this something that's just an emotion? So it's 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 asking those questions. And then depending on what, it's a tough question to, to answer because it really depends on what's going on specifically. Because then you, once you can kind of ascertain what's going on, then you can actually use your logic to sort of formulate how to go through to figure out what's going on. What I like is when whenever I hear you describe how you work and, and that logic that you bring into it, it always reminds me of the emperor and the empress because I'm the tarot nerd, right? So the empress is creativity. She is creation. She is um, unfettered growth, which is beautiful, but it's also cancer. Like there's a negative to it, right? Unfettered growth. The reason why you have, so she's the third card. Fourth card is the emperor. He brings the structure that the vine can grow on. He brings the rules and uh, the, the way, the rules uh, mm -hmm. and the codes of behavior that that growth can then um, flourish and take form and actually be a benefit and not be something that's just overwhelming you. So when you have these emotions and, and these feelings and these hits and to, to sit back, if I'm understanding it correctly and be like, okay, I feel this. Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling this? What is it trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. Where, how is it to be used? Like, it's a beautiful dance. I love mm -hmm. that. And um, it is neat to have the, and we, we keep saying masculine, feminine, and we all know that everybody embodies everything, but um, mm -hmm. to have men who tend to embody more of the masculine energy in the healing profession, um, it's just it's a it's a really neat voice that we need to hear more of because just as we have too much male in the general world and that's not healthy, having too much female is it's just not balanced. So, um, yeah, that, I just you 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 prompted that in my head. I 
Yeah, I would completely agree with you. It's and that's as I started um, as my I always had intuition, but as my intuition was unfolding and being out in the out in the world with it, this is what I kept running into. Is I was seeing it only learning about it and hearing it almost exclusively through the feminine point of view, and it just wasn't. Um, I have the feminine is very strong in me, but then there's also a very logical side and a very process oriented side as well. And I like to containerize things. And so then that was not being, you know, I, I was trying to figure out how things fit because I have to understand how things work to some degree so I can understand how to work with them. So you understand the tool, so I understand how to apply the tool, right? That's just, that's how I approach things. So that's where this really started was in my journey of as my intuition was really as I was really starting to live by my intuition and really live and acknowledge my intuition and really embrace my intuition. Yeah, that's where it kept showing up. Reminds me as we're talking about like masculine feminine, reminds me of a glass of water. Like the glass is the masculine, the water is the feminine and the, the it, without a glass, how do I drink my water? I can't I need both. Love that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now they're equally they're equally important i think that's the really equally the takeaway that i want to say is i don't want to say just use your man logic because that would be that leads you know corporate right? america exactly right because <laughs> then you're just like you're trying to you're trying to jam stuff down and you're having an agenda at that point the agenda can be useful just with the structure but you still have to sit back and feel so i just really want to stress that because i think as a as a man you know you might be naturally people in general are usually engaged mm -hmm. they, they're usually kind of more, they flow or they're more logical. And I think the thing is, how do you exercise both and learn how they kind of flow together and work with them together? That's what I'm interested in. Michael, from your perspective, what is it, if it's one thing or many things that keeps men from pursuing their spiritual sides? Um, what have you noticed and, and how did you get over it if, if it was a barrier for you as well? You know, it's funny, The what comes to mind is a story when I was in high school, the, the the woman that I was dating, her her father used to say that eating a salad was feminine. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's where I grew up. Mm -hmm. If I ate a salad, <laughs> I was feminine. I mean, so I think I think it's a cultural issue, mm -hmm. honestly. I think so much of our culture. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with being hi hyper masculine. I think the the, the misnomer is when you go this, you have your midpoint, you go so far to the hypermasculine, but you're not equally going that far over into the feminine. And so I think that's, I think just culturally, we're in the United States specifically, we're not, it's not part of our culture. So to me, I think it's a, it's, I think it's an awareness issue because, you know, men are suffering mm -hmm. and it's, they're mm -hmm. suffering mostly because they're not really acknowledging their feminine. Right. Just that's feminine, right? right? So right. It's, it's the balance. I would ask you, what, what suggestions do you have for us who are wives and partners and mothers, and even podcasters? How do we invite, how do we hold that space for the men? Um, what can we question. do? What can we do, right, to, to make it um, uh, a safe space, I guess? That's a right. great question. I mean, what comes to me on that is just... To me, I think the, the, what would be effective with somebody who's purely logical is to start with a question that's logical and then then ask the logical question, then what are you feeling? And start to bring their awareness to their feeling. So you can, and that pathway may be completely closed off. Right. So, but right. by asking the question, you can begin to kind of probe to see is, is there a pathway there? <laughs> I think with a lot of men too, is you can talk about 
situations that um, I hear it in podcasts all the time with, it's interesting. I don't know if people would call it that. They'll be like, well, I have a gut, I have a gut feeling about something. Mm -hmm. And so it might be that you shift your language that you're mm -hmm. still talking about, to me, you're still talking about the same thing. Right. Now it's interesting. Um, I was a while back, I was listening to an earlier uh, Joe Rogan episode and he was talking about how he got into comedy and how he got into his martial arts. And when he described his story, if I were talking to him, I would be like, that was absolutely your intuition. Now mm -hmm. he used different language for it, but so I think that we can find that it's about, I think part of finding the right language where you can have somebody's actual experience that, that your man, your life is having, that you can bridge that gap. And maybe it's adjustment of language, but you're still talking about the thing. Does that make sense? That makes great sense. I mean, that, that's a, such a simple thing, but it makes all the difference in, in our perspective. I heard or read years ago that men, um, whenever they had success, they were able to um, thank themselves or be or take pride. And women tended to say, I was lucky. It was a, a whole language thing and how, right? Um, and, and, and women tend to think outside of the box, if you will, because I guess we're allowed to, where if a man was to take away from himself his ego and say, well, you know, God help me, my intuition help me, whatever. Like it you say, that might not be respected, right? And that, right. you know, men just tend to um, uh, harass each other a little bit <laughs> more on such uh, topics. Well, my thing, thing is with kids, um, my younger brother has two, two boys and you can feel when they're in their intuition, it's a frequency and you can tell when they're tapping into it. And what I try to do is acknowledge it and explore it with them. So that as, as they're younger, when they have the intuitions and you can tell, you can tell when they're in that frequency, at least I can, and, and to like then point it out in the sense of like, oh, I see that you're feeling this or, you know, you're, and that you ask them questions that are related to what's coming up for them and then explore like, okay, can you describe that more? Or can you tell me more about this? To, to exercise, it's a muscle to exercise that. Can so that's another, that? yeah. Cause I would say in just general culture, it's not really woo woo is it's mm -hmm. dismissed as, you know, um, incense and candles and, and mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it's, it's superfluous, but we all know that it's not, it's actually incredibly useful. And I don't think that the practical side is ever really talked about. And that's why I talk a lot about that. Cause I think that's another way to bridge is to be like, Hey, there's, this isn't just all woo woo and feeling and feeling good. There's actually like, there's, you can actually make decisions with this. This is practical. Like there's actual on the ground, real stuff. There's here. proof is in the pudding. Yeah. This is measurable. Like using your intuition in life, making decisions is measurable. I, I know everybody can have that experience. It has had that experience. If they go back and sort of look at that Monday morning quarterback, again, I'm using more of a, a masculine language, <laughs> but it's relevant because that's something they can understand. That's something men understand. They understand like post-gaming mm -hmm. to see what, you, what went wrong and what worked and why did it work. And you can, you can post game your intuition to be like, Hey, my emotions were saying this, my mind was saying that, but my intuition was saying this, which was right. Mm -hmm. And that starts to, when you start doing the statistics on that, that's going to be an interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. So did you have influence when you started pursuing your spiritual relationship or was that something you were just guided to on your own? Uh, how do you mean? You well, when, when did you become 
more apt to to blend your emotions with your logical side? At what point in your life was it because, you know, Ambujam came in your life or someone, some tragic thing had happened and it forced you, you know, to see life differently? Or was it you just got bored with the way you were thinking? I mean, was there a pivotal time? Well, no. Um, I mean, if you look at it from like a, in spiritual communities, they talk about awakeness, right? Mm -hmm. Which is separation Mm -hmm. from your ego. As far as I'm concerned, I was born awake. So when I was a kid, this was mm-hmm. there. Okay. So the thing that was confusing for me as a child was having my, having that spiritual connection, having that intuition, and then seeing other people not responding to it, mm. not looking at it. That was very confusing. So I would say for me, it was like, first I really saw it. I, the intuition was really loud, was hearing it. I was watching adults not, um, not paying attention to like stuff that was really obvious. And that was really confusing for me. So there came a point actually when I was in junior high, I decided I would purposely do the opposite of whatever my intuition would tell me. So it's like a test. I literally did whatever it told me. I did the exact opposite. And I don't have to explain how well that worked. (laughs) I'll I'll draw that picture. Not so well. Um, And so then as it was, yeah, I mean, what happened is I was married for, I was in a relationship, in relationship, I, in, starting at 16, and got married, and separated and divorced when I was 32. And so that really kicked it off, because my life lit, my life as I had built this sort of muggle structure, literally completely collapsed. And that, you know, at that point, you have nothing to lose, you start to do mm-hmm. things differently. So that's when I really started really retuning into what it, what my heart was saying, and what was going on for me i just that phrase you said is just my head's exploding so i think both of you i'd love to hear what you have to say about that maybe i've never heard it maybe people are using it i was born awake it so it goes so against what we hear all the time when people become awake later mm-hmm. on something happens you know now they're awake born awake were you born awake too on the jump i mean this I is so know. interesting <laughs> I would say, um, so I was doing private sessions for 25 years. I maybe met three people who were born just, we'll say awake. They didn't have an awakening. It was already there. And it's really, really, really confusing for those people because nothing in their world reflects this truth that we can't even speak to today, it's really hard to talk about it with words, right? So for me, it happened mm, 15, about 15 years ago. And then, so I had, I call it the before and after. Michael never had the before and after. Mm. So it's really, at times when we're talking about stuff, he's like, huh? Because he doesn't have that flavor of, this is what it was like before. And this is what it's like after. He's just like one long. (laughs) And it's, it's interesting for me to have the gifts I have and not had my awakening until we'll say like, you know, 15 years ago to have so much comparison of before and after is like, is just, it's kind of, in the beginning it was kind of devastating because I'm like, this person I thought I was, I'm actually not her. Like, what the F? What? We, what? And we, we all go through that. Those of us who go through an awakening, we all like, it takes, in my experience, it takes like three to five years to actually get used to what the heck is happening to you mm-hmm. and realizing, oh, this isn't going away. 
I have to recalibrate to who I to who I am. We could say we have words for it now, right? Who I am, quote unquote, who I really am, the identity, quote unquote. You know, we have all these words now to point to awakening and what it is. But when you're going through it, words can be helpful because they're pointing to it. But underneath it all, it, you just feel like your entire world is blown up and messed up, and you have to find like this new way, right? You have to find who you are. And Michael's never had that. And, let's, and the other side to be super clear on, too, is just because I was born awake, let's be crystal clear, that does not mean I was embodied. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, was, I, I recognize the difference, okay? But that didn't mean I embodied it. I know, I'm sitting here going, like what does that look like, awakening, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Right. For me, I guess how I would describe it was, is there's that separation between this ego world and the sort of true world was always there. I just, which mm -hmm. channel do I tune in? I'm, I'm hearing them, I'm seeing them and hearing them simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was everybody's experience. Now to actually take that sort of intuitive world and actually begin embodying it, that was really after my divorce that really, because I was trying to live the muggle way, the normal way that everybody does. And even though I had this other, this whole other faculty and this whole other information, I kept just trying to jam through to just be like everybody else. And it just was not working for me. And when everything collapsed, I started to seek out a different way, which was this other, again, this channel was already there, it was already happening. That's really heavy. And I'm glad you explained that even though you can look back and say, yes, I've always been awake, that you didn't embody it. That's huge because I, I would be kind of like Heather. I'm wondering, does a person, I mean, certainly I know I was not born awake, but does a person not, um, do they know it at the time sometimes or, right. Yeah. That they're born awake. I mean, but you, I you explained it as part into the world of the ego part, into the world of following your intuition. So you definitely always saw a divide. You just focused mm -hmm. one way or another. Mm -hmm. So that, that doesn't, st what would you, did that give you identity or clarity or just confused you more? I imagine, or that was your normal. Yeah. I was born in 1970. So I'm growing up in, you know, the world is a way different place than it was back mm -hmm. then. I think from my standpoint, when I see kids or I see people, I look in their eyes, I can tell whether they're awake, whether they- Yeah. Oh, oh, please. You got, come on. You, you got to, you got to tell us what that looks like, or is it a feeling you get? How do, how it's do you know? Frequency. Yeah. It's like free. Mm -hmm. I would, I like, I look at all energy as being frequency. So it's mm -hmm. a frequency. You can see it. There's a clarity in their eye. Whereas you see somebody who's really stuck in their ego. There's like mm -hmm. a cloudiness in front of their eye. There's a veil. An identity. There's or an like identity. A so you can mm -hmm. like something, And I can feel their true self, but there's mm -hmm. something in between. There's fog oh, or there's wow. something in between. It's almost like they believe, they believe they're this person. Right. You can see it in their eyes. Like I remember I went to, I was traveling and I went to some cafe um, in the airport and this guy was in front of me and the lady who was making the drink didn't make it right. And he freaked out at her. And I could see that he actually believed he was that mad. And I'm like, mm -hmm. interesting. And yet deep down, I could tell like he didn't really have to act that way. Mm -hmm. And yet he had both. And yet he was only mad. He was just mad. But there was a part of him like actually believed like I'm really pissed off right now. I'm really mad. But yet way deep inside, I could feel like he's like, do I actually need to act this way? I think as intuitive, you can actually feel that. And mm -hmm. I just want to be crystal clear. If people are in that sort of not awakened for lack of a better word, there's nothing. It's not bad. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just where they're at in their journey. 
So I just want to be this. There's not a, I don't look at this as a hierarchy. I just look at it as like you're on this journey. Yeah. And there's these two parts and how, you know, the awakening just sort of separates them out a little bit. Doesn't mean you just don't, I don't deal with egoic issues. Of course I do. I'm a human being. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. I just can, if I have enough space, I can just recognize what's my ego. Sometimes when I'm in the thick of it, not so much. And like when I go back to my clients that I worked with who were born that way, it's like internally they don't have any language like that and they just feel how they feel. But when you actually start putting language to it, they're like, oh, yeah, uh huh. And I just, for whatever reason, I have to share this story. I was doing a reading with this person and he came as a gift certificate and he's like, my friend got me this. Don't really need anything. Just tune in. I'm like, okay. And so I kept seeing this image of him at his mother's bedside as she was dying and that he didn't, he wasn't devastated and he wasn't suffering and that he thought something was wrong with him. I kept seeing this image over and over and over. So I asked him, Hey, did this happen? And he said, yeah, I thought I should have been way sadder and like suffering in this like really specific way. And the truth in him wasn't this like identified attached thing that his mom was dying. He was just in the truth of who he was. He was just in his heart. He had sadness and he had grief, but he, he it's like he wasn't gripped by it in the way his mind thought he should be. Right. And then I, when I saw that, and I'm talking with him and I see that his heart is just like this open light and there's no veil of ego there. There's no, cause that's where the veil we could say sits is like kind of over the heart. You could say a mask or like the perspective of ego. It's like, it, it sits in the heart energy when people have had their initial awakening, I call it, cause then you awaken for the rest of your life, deeper, 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 right? That veil moves off your heart, let's say. And there's this, this, the truth of who you are, this light consciousness awareness that's just way it's like it's emanating it's just there and that's what i saw this image of my client his heart was just like this love and this compassion and and else there was sadness but it, he wasn't gripped and he for so so that i think he was like 13 years old when that happened or 17 so for all these years he thought something was wrong with him i should feel more upset than i do about this and this and this and this and i'm like actually no that's your idea of what you should be. Actually, how you're feeling is really normal for you because, <laughs> because you're not identified like we are with our feelings. Right. You still have them, but something is like more, I don't, and this is where words are really fall short. Something has more space with how he was feeling, but it, it was his mind that he thought should be like somebody else should be more upset. But this is why for me, from as from a visual, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but for those of you who have seen the matrix, that's why it's such a great visualization of this idea of being awake or not being awake and how those things are different. So if you haven't seen that movie, just check it out. I don't want to give any spoilers away. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only been 20 years, but right. you know, <laughs> some youngins out there that haven't seen it or somebody. It's true. true. Very true. I think I ruined the sixth sense for someone. And I was like, how did oh. you not know that? Oh, no. <laughs> and I think this whole, like what Michael said, this whole judgment that can come out of people of Ooh, awake, not awake. It's like, whatever man like it doesn't yeah i don't want to get stuck there it That's doesn't matter it really doesn't matter i think the thing is the reason why the conversation is important for those people who are on this awakening embodiment journey 
their life changes very dramatically. Yeah. And so it's it's important to talk about it so they know how to get so footing they, yes. and how to navigate it. And I always like, before my awakening, I could say, because that's when it happened, I was sitting in this, in my, in this, uh, this house in the East Coast and there was a bouquet of flowers in front of me and I saw how one flower was totally bloomed, one flower was just a bud, one flower was just opening and every single flower had a different, they were at a different stage and I was like, oh, that's like me. <laughs> like, I, why am I less beautiful when I'm just in my bud stage versus my bloom stage? And I never forgot that metaphor or that example because we can all get so like, raw, I'm not there yet. And it's like, all these labels, a lot of awake, not awake, it's like we're all these flowers. And I know it sounds like kind of spiritually like <laughs> la la la, but it's so true. Like we're all these flowers. We all have our different stages and each one is so beautiful. Just like those bouquet, that bouquet of flowers, like that little bud. Oh my God, so precious. And yet the full mm. bloom was like beautiful in different ways. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I think it's also what you do with it, right? Like I've met people high up in certain religions and i'm like they're not necessarily the kindest person or somebody i would learn from but maybe someone who has no interest whatsoever in spirituality can say something or come across in a way that will move me and help me along the path so it's kind of like what you do with it ultimately right whether you're awake not awake it's kind of um still how you take one step in front of the other and how you treat your fellow person. So, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I've just seen psychically too, like whether somebody is quote awake, not awake, it's like, it's happening for everybody inside. Something's happening to the humans. You know, there's like this truth of themselves that's starting to knock or blossom. And it's like, again, depends on each person and their path and their, their soul history. Like everything somebody's going through right now is, is the ripple effect from so many things, mm -hmm. right? That we can't understand with our minds. And so why somebody's flower has bloomed and somebody's just a bud, I don't wanna say just, but you know what I mean? Somebody's <laughs> in a bud stage, why, well, why? And it has to do with that individual soul, that individual being and what they're going through and what this life is about. Maybe they're supposed to be a bud this entire life mm -hmm. and that's really true for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe somebody else is supposed to actually be a bud and then start to blossom. And that's what's true for them. And so mm -hmm. for me, it's like, what, what makes me sleep at night? You know, for me, it's like following my heart every day makes me sleep at night and doing what's right for me. And that's all I can do. And I may never be like so-and-so because we all compare each other ourselves, right? I may never be like X, but it's like, I got to be me though, whatever that flower is, you know? So I find like, when you can really feel what you're about and what you're doing, what you're called to do, that's what matters. Yeah. Labels aside, doesn't yeah. freaking matter. I know yeah. for me, when I work on myself and I think, okay, I work on myself and on a soul spiritual level, when I walk out into a mass of people, their soul spiritual self will recognize, oh, look at what the work she did. Maybe I can do that too. And that's enough work. Yep. That's mm -hmm. enough in itself. And we don't even realize that like mentally, like you doing your own work and going out into a crowd will help that crowd that's around. Yeah. You lead by example, instead of talking, right? Mm -hmm. Talking a lot of times isn't super helpful. It's, it's actually action and it's leading by example. Absolutely.
I was on a bus once when I was a teenager. This was in Kentucky. And this beautiful African-American woman, she was probably, I say older, she's probably how old I am now. But she got on. You could tell she didn't have a lot of money, but her dress was like she took care of her dress. She had this um, handkerchief around her neck. And when she sat, I, she was a queen. Like I could not, and others of us could not stop looking at her. It wasn't that she was overly beautiful, but she was a queen in our midst. She never said a word. She just was. And I, I mean, I'm getting like chills just thinking about her. And that was my first sort of introduction into it's your actions. Like you mm -hmm. embody it and be it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and you can influence others mm -hmm. yeah, silent like, light yeah amazing like, I mean, that's the thing a silent light mm -hmm. absolutely yeah me i always see somebody's energy first before their mm -hmm. person it happens in two seconds we all do it's like your energy walks into the room before you do right mm -hmm. so it's like it reminds me of what you're saying about that woman and wouldn't it be beautiful if she knew that she touched you all these years ago right like she yeah. doesn't know she's just sitting on the bus She's just being her. She has no mm -hmm. idea that she has been a role model for me mm -hmm. for 30 years, oh, over 30 years. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. And she never said a word. I think that's the most effective kind of teaching. Yeah. But don't we, I mean, the, on the other side of that is when someone comes in beaten down or angry and, and we mm -hmm. only get that one bus ride with them and we think, well, that's exactly. a horrible person to be around, right? I, I hope I never cross paths with them again. And <laughs> But it's just in that moment, that's what they're carrying. That's that emotion. So mm -hmm. talking about how we read each other's energy, where, where's a place you would go to? If you're just, again, on the bus and you came across this energy, do you, as healers, do you do, you do anything? Do you send it love? Do you just, just no. you know, okay. Okay. Can you explain that too? Why? Mm -hmm. There's my lane and there's their lane. Okay. That's a boundary issue. So if I, if somebody's suffering in front of me or has an emotion in front of me and I have an idea, mm -hmm. I need to fix that. Mm -hmm. I need to help mm -hmm. them. It's all ego and it's all agenda. Mm -hmm. Unless it's true. Yeah. Unless you're sitting in front of somebody and all it's of a sudden happening. your heart is like, something's happening, <laughs> right? You feel your spirit, let's say, is active. Mm -hmm. Something's going on. You didn't choose that mentally. You didn't have mm -hmm. an agenda, right? Something in you is activated from motivated from you know the truth mm -hmm. but emotionally to want to help somebody is just leaves a mess it's just not it's just agenda I, I think the other side of that too the other layers of that would be from a discernment point of view is depending on the situation i guess out of curiosity is mm -hmm. understanding like why you're so if you're triggered why mm -hmm. you're triggered right do you mm -hmm. have history with this person as in mm -hmm. I mean, you could have actual like this life history where, you know, you have, they've done stuff to you where it triggers you, or you could be in a situation where you're in someplace else. You don't know the person, but yet they're triggering you. And it's, it's a past, it's some sort of interaction you've had in the past. Mm -hmm. I've had, definitely have had that. So I've had situations mm -hmm. I've walked into like Pete's when I lived in Santa Monica and a guy in line. I mean, I had really, really like on a scale of one to 10, I had 10,000 voltage feelings for this person and not in a good way wow. just trying to understand so it's like wow. clearly i don't know the person i actually just saw his back didn't know who he was <laughs> didn't know who he was just saw his wow. back. I, like I'm a leader. I just went it went full blast and so that really for me was a great lesson because i realized mm -hmm. wow i don't know this person he mm -hmm. hasn't done anything to provoke this just intense response this intense feeling in me 
And then I could really start to, I could really tune into from a discernment point of view is like, this is clearly not happening now because he's not doing anything. So this must be past. So then I'm scanning the past. And then I was realizing, oh, our interaction in the past was not so good. And then what I can do about that is not necessarily to send love to him, but is deal with my half of the equation, which is to really feel the feelings that weren't felt and then bring whatever in. That's typically, I mean, to really heal anything, right? It's really to feel the feelings. And then you can ho'oponopono or you can just like clean up your side of the equation. Okay. So that would be one instance of what you can do. There's another situation I ran into a lot of these situations, actually, where I was coming back at this Christmas time. We were in San Francisco and I was on the BART and there was a guy on there and he was clearly mentally unstable Mm -hmm. and people were, because you can't, I don't think this was a train that you could switch cars and people were starting to freak out because this guy was about ready to go ballistic any moment. Mm -hmm. And in the case of sending energy, this was a case where I was really, I would not engage otherwise because it's not my lane. But in this case, I was feeling in my heart to really meet him visually, just basically just see him. And so I made eye contact with him and I just was in my heart and just like, just was with him for a moment. And we had a connection and I didn't know what was going to happen. Cause I mean, violence was a pin drops away <laughs> and it was the, one of the most profound, I talk about it frequently cause it's the most profound experience. One of the most profound experiences I've ever had, just connecting with person and seeing him. And it affected him. Now, what happened, I don't know, because my guy came to my stop and I walked off the train. But to me, he visually seemed like he calmed down. I just think on some level, we were able to connect soul to soul. But I, I only did that because in my truth, I felt to do that. Otherwise, I would not have. Well, and there was a level of respect there. You weren't trying to control him. You were simply trying, You like you keep saying, you, you saw him. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that and then what you were saying earlier about being in line with that person it's like sometimes are we triggered to heal because we want to control because we feel uncomfortable and i love what you're saying that it's like recognize the uncomfortableness and then go within and do the homework except except for these occasions when you feel okay let's make a connection right but again it's not controlling and that's not coming from my mind i mean that's coming from my heart And so having that discernment, again, that man logic, if you will, to like really recognize where things are arising from. Yeah. Really clear about your motivation. Because if it's, you're not sure, don't step on that bus. That's my recommendation. I mean, have it be crystal clear. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's not crystal clear for me. It's a no. It's kind of, it's a no. Yeah. Right. Unless it's a clear yes. It's only under a clear yes is a yes. Anything else for me is a no. That's just through (laughs) trial and error. Yeah. And like... (laughs) As you're talking, it's making me think about like the third option. It's like, I could say, is if I see somebody and they're going through something and I have the initial thought of, oh, and I don't really, this doesn't really happen to me anymore. I'm just kind of going back. I would have this thought of, oh, should I do something? And what I would do is I would ask my heart, is it true? Yes or no? And then I'd get a no. I'm like, okay, done. I know this is about me then. This is about my trigger. This is about, I don't. And then you can rest in that and do yeah. more work. Yeah. Versus yeah. me just, cause I learned these things by, you know, the hard way I used to, when I first had my gifts turn on 27 years ago, I was like, <laughs> I wanted to help everybody. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like a Muppet running around <laughs> like Kermit. <laughs> yeah. And I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. 
ask permission. Don't just blah, blah, blah. You know, I didn't know. I was just figuring it all out. And there was this one healing class I went to a long, 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 long time ago. We're all sitting in silence. And this person in the circle said something and they were so sad. And I was like, oh, I should send them energy. And all of a sudden, something in me was like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> Why do you want to send them energy? And I realized a lot of the my motivation to help somebody was I'm not, I need to actually help myself. Mm. And it gave me some sort of mm. sense of feeling needed if I could help somebody else. Mm. And it was like this automatic, like, um, response of, oh, I got to help. Oh, I got to help. Oh, I got to help. And then just that one day when I was sitting in that class and I had that urge, all of a sudden something in me was more aware and that went, well, why are you doing this? And that's when I felt this need to vacate myself, help someone else versus just stay present with whatever's going on for me right now. And that was, that was a life, that was it's, a life changer. It's obviously a whole different thing when you've communicated with the other person and there's an agreement and, you know, there's a permission to do that, right? There's permission to send energy, right? Then that's mutually agreed upon. That's a totally yeah. different yeah. yeah, I I remember a few years back when the pandemic first started out, and I would go through the grocery store, and I was like, "Let's clear this place. Let's do all this." Like, and just totally coming from an egoic place, like, "Let's let's let's help people be whatever." No, you know, <laughs> that night I had a a dream, and this this um, quotes. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this dream, I remember this couple came to me and says, there's somebody haunting my closet. And I was like, well, let me go clear it out for you. And I go and clear out the closet. And then I come back and I'm talking to them sitting at a table and this ghost appears next to me all petulant going, I had a contract. Thank you very much. That was my space. And you just came in there and cleared it all out for me. And she's like, what WTF? And I was just like, <laughs> exactly I was like I'm so sorry I didn't realize that you know like they're like there's there's stuff you don't understand about and there's contractual agreements and you know what yeah basically stay in your lane lady and I was like yeah, okay point taken well, you know I think that's I think what you're talking about and that's what I want to add to this and I think this is the critical conversation here is you know this by having done it right and having having the response yeah. We know, or I know the stuff that I know because that, that pile of dog poo that I stood in or, or walked across, I had to walk across that, walk and step in that pile of poo in order to figure this out. Exactly. Right. But if you never, this is again where the man logic for me came in, because then I would be like, just what you're saying is you had this experience and then you had, you, you did what you did. And then you had this experience and you, then you're kind of post gaming like, Oh, it's like, I, well, now I know now I understand what's yeah. going on better. So now I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose wisely. Exactly. And you yeah. know what, like he hearing about you, Michael, it, I do a lot of man logic. When I first became a Reiki in tuned uh, person, I was always looking to put it in structure and I couldn't put it in structure and I couldn't figure out how, why, and is Reiki really working for me because I needed this structure. Cause that's how I always thought I was very on my masculine side more than my feminine side. And then just trying to bring it into the two was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I think people tend to dominate one side or the other. And how do you exercise that the other muscles, right. And exercise the sort of handoff. Yeah. I create structure for that. <laughs> sometimes it just flows, but sometimes it needs a little structure. Well, and it's funny because I, so I grew up in Boston and Boston's a very specific way of being. Boston is almost like 
I don't want to say religion, but it could be. <laughs> well, what are you, Boston? Aha, uh -huh. <laughs> got it. <laughs> um, and so we're so pretty, nice. you know, blunt and rough and tumble, and it's just how we are. And when I moved to California and somebody would ask me a question and I would just say what I want, they'd be like, you're so masculine. And I was like, huh? <laughs> do you want... And somebody else said, hey, do you want a, a beer or some wine? I'm like, oh, I'll have a beer. And they were like, you're so masculine. And I was like, what? Or I went to ask, and this was more in New York, I went to ask somebody for some makeup behind the counter. And the person was like, you really ask for what you want, don't you? And I was like, huh? Even for so, New York? <laughs> like, hello? Yeah, from New York even. So I didn't think that was going to happen. But it was so interesting when I first moved to California. And for me, California was very kind of flowy. There's like a... It's a different energy. I could say California is like seventh chakra and Boston is like first chakra. If I could kind of give those yeah, examples. And I so personality and just ways of being and culture is so different. And so it was so interesting that people were naming me masculine just by because I was being more whatever. And I'm like, I found that so interesting that they were calling me a man versus a woman and i'm like i'm still a woman though saying what i want mm -hmm. but it's interesting how you're perceiving it it was a very it's cultural i get yeah. that a lot yeah. it's very interesting yeah. to to because growing up i nobody ever said anything because it's just how we were but then to have california people call me masculine by asserting myself which i wasn't asserting myself at all i was just like i'll have a beer you're masculine and i was like <laughs> <laughs> because you yeah. used your words yeah, it was so fascinating. <laughs> Angela, did you, we lost Angela a couple of times. Did you have anything you wanted to ask? I'm afraid to talk because I don't know what's been happening for the past two weeks. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just like, I feel like I'm in a classroom and I'm like, what's everybody studying? Oh, <laughs> well, we had some good topics, of, of course, and, and, and you'll get to hear the replay, which would be yes, great. I'm excited we, to hear what this is about. I think just as we wrap up, um, Michael's been such a you know good sport in explaining at least a perspective of logic and and emotion and uh, even Ambajam showed her, uh, explained her uh, her masculine side too and, and <laughs> how that looks like. But going forward, what 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 would you say, Michael, going forward in? in the developments as we see more men, you know, cause I think we're going to see, you know, more men stepping into uh, the expression. Let's just use expression. So I don't have to use masculine and feminine. Right. Yeah, as we go forward in this, what do you think, how, how are we going to benefit as society? How are we going to, do we as women have to do something too, you know, uh, and that's let men speak, let men be a different kind of man. Um, you know, how, how can we merge this on your viewpoint? Um, so that, so that we're able to accept men for being emotional without expecting them to be men, but then we want to talk to them, but then they're not going to be able to, you know, be uh, expressive. So how, how, how do you, how do you um, suggest we move forward with this in your perspective? What would, what would be beneficial? Well, I think with, with any change, it starts with within. So I would, I would say to start with it in terms of if you're, if you lean more towards the feminine of the flow is to embrace that more structure. Okay. Or the, or vice versa, because again, that's an energetic. So when you walk into a room, as you're like working on that, that's going to be felt whether they understand that's going to be felt or not. So I would say, start mm -hmm. with yourself 
and then in terms of you know the in terms of relationships i think again it's going to be about uh communication and just mm -hmm. you know being being curious and asking asking specific questions to sort of engage that conversation and maybe open up a whole new part of your relationship that either has never been there or just been dormant and you can explore it in such a way. But the thing, the thing is by doing the self-work, you have that sort of appreciation for the both. Then you bring that sort of energy to the table and then just a genuine curiosity without agenda. I mean, agendas, that's the thing. I think if, if people feel the agenda, it just shuts them down. If you can go in there with actually like real curiosity and ask really what they are feeling or why they're not feeling or other questions to sort of elicit sort of some deeper inquiry into that realm that's, that you're actually curious about, I think that that's that begins that conversation. Right. But again, I think, again, as we were talking about earlier, modeling these aspects yourself is the foundation, right? When you go in the, you know, how to change the world mm -hmm. is you change that in yourself, right? You model that, right? Because I think that, yeah. that energetic, that energetically sends out a signal. Mm -hmm. And then again, I think, I think conversation. Because I think beyond that, I mean, I would love it to see, I mean, part of it, like what we're doing specifically is like with our show, right? Because mm -hmm. it's both of us and we're actually talking mm -hmm. about it. So I think conversations, mm -hmm. you're talking about it on this show, like we're getting a chance to talk about it. So I think talking about it's good because it, it takes spirituality the realm of this woo-woo nothing wrong with the woo-woo, but also then grounds it. And then you can show how it's practical as well. And I think that's going to bring a lot more people into something where they can see the practical aspect of it. The woo-woo is awesome as well, but you know, it's not all that it is. Do you both, are you very open when you meet um, strangers, you're at a party or wherever, or do you talk about what you do? Do you find comfort and, um, you know, um, acceptance in, in admitting, not admitting, you know, just being identifying like, this is what we do. You know, we're, we're healers, we're spiritual advisors, we're teachers, we're counselors. Do you, do you have um, you don't hide behind that or does it take it a, a long time or were you always, because you're from Boston, always just told it like it is, this is who I am. Because I guess for like me and maybe listeners still have issues stepping forward and starting the conversation, you know, of saying what we practice or how we live without worry about judgment or um, people then just like, okay, well, we're, we don't need to finish a conversation here. I, I think that for me is completely situational. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. okay. We've been, we were in a situation, we were living in Whitefish where a guy, this is kind of a funny story. We went into this uh, retail place and he, it's kind of funny. He asked us like, well, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, looked at each other <laughs> and we started nodding our heads. We never asked the question. I, I, just, I did not know what to say. Like no words were coming. There was no right. way I could bridge that gap. Like, just, it just wasn't happening. We didn't say anything. We just, just like sat there nodding our heads, looking at each other. It was the weirdest. We're like, well, I guess we got nothing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's just one of those things that just happened. Right. So for me, right. that, that was very awkward, but. That's sure. And, you know, I just kind of think that, you know, certainly across the board, a lot of people are hesitant to say that, but I would think more so men. So that's why I would be like, you know, how, do, how do you just embrace it? And like, but like you say, it's situational, you know, where, what audience do I have to talk about this? Right. A lot of times what I do with that situation out in the world is I, when I'm listening to someone is just like with Joe Rogan, love him or hate him is a lot of what he talks about his stories and some and sometimes is he, he starts talking about things that gives me an opening to then bridge a gap 
And then I can figure out what language he's using, and then I can use his language to then bridge that gap. Wonderful. So that would be, so like a lot of times when I'm listening to people and they're talking about something and they're trying to solve something and, and you ask them a question and they'll use their language. And then I just, mirror, I just model the language, mm -hmm. even though we're talking about the same thing. Good advice. I like that. And for me, you know what you said, Stephanie, about so many people have that self-doubt really, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. kind of shyness and like, will I be accepted? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, I just think all you can keep doing is getting stronger in yourself. Mm -hmm. And then it's more simply about, oh, it's just situational. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to share what I do with this person because mm -hmm. I just don't want to. Mm -hmm. Versus, oh, I totally want to with this person, but it's never, it won't be because I feel bad about myself or I want to be accepted. It'll be from just like pure in the moment decision. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I first started doing this and I had to go to networking parties, which I hate, <laughs> did I say hated, hated networking myself? Cause I felt like a child. I felt like a 12 year old mm -hmm. at that time. And I'm like, hi, um, um, will you, do you want to do some healing? <laughs> like I sounded and I had to set myself up before these things to say to myself, like, everyone's going to love everything you say. And I would like psych myself up and that helped, but foundationally I didn't, um, I felt ashamed. I felt mm -hmm. like, I, like I just didn't have that confidence yet. It doesn't make sense why I would feel ashamed of what I do. Right. But I did. Ashamed might not be the right word, but I just had that lack of self. And so over the years, it's so much easier now. Um, and so is it still there in me? Absolutely. Some days, and it depends on the person too. Some days I feel really just I don't need that approval or I feel pretty darn good in myself and it's peaceful and still and calm. And other days I just don't feel that way. And it's mm -hmm. like, I honor my, I try to honor myself of like, well, today I feel scared about saying who I am. That's okay. Well, plus I think too, in your conversation with people is you intuitively sense whether there's openness mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. this yeah. world. And so I trust <clears throat> that. So if there is, then I'll start to bring it in. And if there's not, then I don't. And then if I'm feeling this urge to do something, then again, I always like to check in of like, what's my motivation? Am I mm -hmm. feeling, is it my insecurity that's trying to push this or mm -hmm. do I have an agenda that I'm trying to push this or what's my objective or what's my motivation? Cause sometimes you can generally tell when there's a, you'll feel in the, in the air right? There's mm -hmm. an openness to going down a sort of spiritual conversation. And then sometimes there's just not. So it's like you talk about duck hunting or whatever. Right? <laughs> the good old standby duck hunting. <laughs> or, you're or playing the duck card, I see. <laughs> or you're talking about makeup. Oh, it's this kind of conversation. Yes, okay, yeah. I'll be over here. About dresses and makeup. Picking bananas. You can, you can pick over here at the store. <laughs> surprise you too yeah like they'll really surprise you yeah. do i have time to just tell a super quick story about go always shared this on your show i know i've shared this a number of times so when i was first starting out 27 years ago and it was like my second year i was going to chicago to do readings for people and i was on the plane and there was a man next to me with a foot in his cast and there was another man next to, on my other side who had a cigarettes rolled up in a shirt 
And so the plane takes off and the guy next to me in the, who had the ankle issue, whatever, he has this voice like this. He's like, so what do you do? Why are you going to Chicago? <laughs> and I was like, I do healing or whatever, the, whatever I said. <laughs> and the guy next to me with the cigarettes rolled up in a shirt goes, you do healing. I've had deja vus for weeks on end ever since I was seven. <laughs> and then the guy next to me, the other one's like, I got some crystals. So here we are, like my mind thinks these two dudes are not going to get at right. all what I do. Yeah. And just by me being vulnerable to share, it totally opened this whole conversation. It was so mm -hmm. cool. So yeah, people can totally surprise you. Even if it's not Love like that. you don't feel it in the air, right? right. People yeah. can really <laughs> surprise you. So yeah, I think it's, it's in the moment, right? And, and, and empower self-empowerment of what you need to do to be strong in yourself. I just appreciate both of you being honest and, and letting us know that it doesn't matter how many years you have, you know, the practice, the podcast, the books, you know, the platforms, you still have those self doubts, you know, oh. and it makes me hopeful and thinking that there's not a place to get, right. there's no a, a learning level where you level off and now you embrace it. No, it's a lifelong uh, process of just processing your own self-worth and your doubts. And, and that's okay. Like you say, that's okay. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. huge. Thank you. At the end of the day, we're human. Mm -hmm. You're having a human experience and that, mm -hmm. that comes with that whole, you know, bundle of all these bundle joys of mm -hmm. being human. So insecurities, fears, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're not feeling then that feeling that, then I don't know, maybe you're not human. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the next show huh? <laughs> the et's amongst us <laughs> i always kind of look at us like a, an extra large pizza and we all have slices in our pizza and for some people they've already mastered three quarters of their pizza and they're working on this last quarter for some people they're just starting out and they have this they're on their first slice and we just don't know within us personally of what it is that could take the rest of our lives like mm -hmm. self-doubt for somebody else, they might've just mastered that slice and like, mm -hmm. oh my God, self-doubt, I'm done. And you're like, oh man, how'd you do that? It's like, <laughs> I don't know, it's my soul slice. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> how do you do what you do? It's like, I don't know, man. So it's like, how do you, again, kind of goes back to like, how do you honor where you're at knowing like this might be forever. Maybe it won't be, I don't know. All right. I can do is just keep on keeping on and putting my little things on the scale of healing myself and like maybe one day the scale tips and maybe it'll always be like that for the rest of this life. I don't know. Yeah. But this, I I think this false idea that you're not going to have these feelings, you're not going to have reactions. You're not going to go in your ego. You're not going to, you know, have the, have these, these things. It's just unrealistic. Mm -hmm. That's I, the mind, right? I, I think that's, yeah. I think that, that, that just does you a disservice. If you have that story, like spirituality equals everything's calm all the time. It's not my world. Yeah. Right. It's not my world. So I think the thing is, is part of this, this sort of these stories that we tell ourselves to like, let, you know, let go of that and be honest. The thing about it is it's, it's more about the, the spiritual tools, these spiritualities is it, to me, it's about you a situation arises and then you use your gifts to understand what it is. And then you make choices. Right. You're like, oh, I recognize like I am super triggered and I'm emotional. So therefore I need to do X. I need to give myself time or, you know what I mean? I mm -hmm. think that's more the approach from my standpoint. Yeah. In the moment walking, walking yeah. this life. Right. Yeah. 
Oh, great advice. And so where can we find you? Again, let's say the name of the, of the show. Do, what do, uh, is it a free? Is it we subscribe? What platform? Where can uh, we all go in and, and hear this wonderful couple? Share and it is fabulous. Insights. Let me tell you, there's so many good tools on there uh, that I have used. Yes. It is livingyourawakening.com. And then both our websites are on there too. Mine is omajumhealing.com and then Michael is michaelandersoncoaching.com. But all the information for both of us is on livingyourawakening.com and then you can sign up for our list and then, then you will get emailed um, the announcements for our show and then you can sign up for Zoom where you have a chance to interact with us. And, and it's free. Fantastic. And, and the free. reason yeah. it's, it's, it's simulcast on Zoom as well as we've been doing it on Facebook and YouTube oh. live and then you can watch it after the fact for free, obviously on YouTube. Living the Zoom aspect YouTube. just allows you, yeah. you have to register in order to be on Zoom in order to ask questions if you want to okay. ask a question. Live. In real time. Gotcha. Yeah. Otherwise, oh. you can watch it on the Facebook. Um, oh, awesome. How many do you have under your belt already? How many are we behind for some of us who haven't been there yet? We've got four at this oh, point. We've, have, we've, our fifth one will be this coming Tuesday. Wonderful. Oh, okay. I think we've done five. No. No? Oh, what do I know? Four. We've done four. <laughs> Great. We can catch up easily then. Wonderful. Yeah. I mean, in, at this point, it is. Um, we're still in beta too. We're still kind so of in beta. And the other thing starting. is we're, I would suggest, um, I haven't made shorts of them. So they're full length episodes mm -hmm. is we're kind of going, uh, I would suggest listening to them. You can probably listen to them in any order, but they're sort of taking a progression. So we're okay. kind of, the first one is more of a broad view. And then we're kind of digging down under kind of going deeper and deeper and deeper. It's kind of laying out a foundation for people. So, yeah. I'll look forward to it. Wonderful. Thank All you right. for having us. Yeah, thank thank you. you, Michael. Thank Yay. you, Mama John, for coming. Thank on. you for making time wonderful, for us. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. We'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in to the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. We hope you're able to find the healing magic within. Thank you for listening to us on the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. Remember, when we open ourselves to healing, we positively affect our environment. This podcast represents the opinion of the Three Intuitive Healers and their guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical or psychological advice and is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Each person is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we share is accurate, no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made in this podcast.